in Atlanta. Boy, did I underestimate the number there. We heard uh, 45,000, is that right? I heard 20-some, and then I heard on the radio 45. I thought, wow, how do 45,000 young adults navigate through downtown Atlanta? And, uh, yeah, I know, you'll tell me in just a minute. But uh, (laughs) what a force. What a force when you think about that. 45,000 young adults, young adult believers who come together to be taught, fed, stirred, to worship, to like be mobilized as an army, to have an effect on campuses all across, not only this nation, but they're representing around the world. There are students that come from around the world to this conference. And so today they're sitting in services all across this country and around the world, stirred with the flame of the Holy Spirit within them because of what they saw and what they encountered while they were there. So we want to hear from three of, three of them, at least, this morning. And I'm going to ask the three that are prepared to come, if you would come. And uh, I'm asking for a fourth. If there's somebody that really your heart feels stirred, you feel like, I really wish, okay, I thought there would be a fourth. Thank you, Peter. Two roses between two thorns. We'll come on down further so the cord we can get. To... Did you get it? Uh, yeah, it takes them a while, but they get it. Right? Go ahead, Tim. Start us off. So uh, last Sunday before we left, Cindy gave us a word that she had um, heard from the Lord, and that word was interruption. Um, when we got down there the first night, we went to our first session and. I'm open with just an amazing time of worship and everything. And then uh, Louis Giglio, the guy who kind of heads up the Passion Conferences, gave us a word that he heard from the Lord, and that word was interruption. And kind of the point of his whole sermon, uh, he read from Luke uh, chapter 7, the story about um, Jesus raising the widow's son. Um, It was a story that I know I've read before, but just kind of easily forgettable, but... um, Basically, Jesus is on his way, on his travels, and he passes through this uh, little town just south of Nazareth called uh, Nain. And uh, there was a funeral procession going on, and it was the son of this widow, her only son, so she was just devastated. And uh, Jesus paused and stopped this um, funeral procession and um, brought uh, life back to this young man who had uh, died. Um, so kind of the point of the whole thing was um, just the interruption that Jesus caused into this um, this horrible, tragic event. Um, and then Louis kind of went on to just say, like, we're all in our own funeral processions right now. We're all that young man on that casket being carried, carried out of the town to be buried. And uh, that's the plan of the enemy. He wants to see us all put in the ground, hidden away, and buried. But... Um, Jesus wants to interrupt every one of our lives, and he has interrupted every single one of us, and he calls us all to rise up, as he called the young boy. Um, So that was just kind of the encouragement for the week down there was that we're just called to rise up as the body of Christ um, and just respond to the interruption that Christ uh, has caused. So. Okay. Um, For me, too, knowing what Pastor Cindy had spoke over us and then that being the entire theme down there, just 
I knew God was speaking to us. I even texted Pastor Cindy and was like, I can't believe this is happening. And um, for me, it was very personal down there. Um, I'll keep it brief. But two years ago when we went to Passion, God stepped into my life and put one of their charities on my heart. And so much that when I got back here, I looked to apply for a job with them. And I talked myself out of it, that I couldn't move. I couldn't give up everything here and go. And I basically let it go. And over the last two years, it's come back up in my life uh, a few times. And I just was like, oh, you know, that would be really great, but I'd have to go to some third world country, and I just can't do that. So when we got down there, and she had spoke interruption over us, and that was down there, I, I listened, and I was like, you know, over the last few months, I've been so engrossed in my job and so stressed out, and I don't want to say, you know, I basically have put that all before making sure I get enough time with the Lord, and he got my attention. And the whole time we were down there, the one charity two years ago was called Not For Sale, and it has to do with human trafficking, and that was what everything was about down there. All the charities that they had us praying for and giving towards was all for that, and I just stood up and listened. And the last day we were there, Louis said to us, you don't have to always go somewhere, that you can do something where you're at. And it stuck with me. And God's interrupted my life, and that is what he's put on my heart. I've already done a bunch of research since being back like two days ago. And to find out that Ohio is one of the major hubs in the United States for this problem and that children as young as six months old are being sold for for this, and it's just – it. It's crazy to me, and um, I just thank God for his faithfulness that I've listened, and he's already begun opening doors. Um, I've been in contact with three organizations, one out of Cleveland, Akron, Columbus, um, and in Toledo, and then through conversation, getting a phone number to a founder of one of these organizations right here in Akron, and it's just been great. And I just thank God that he didn't give up, that he was faithful to me and has interrupted my life and just, focus back on him. Well, for me, when we got down there, this was my first passion. And my whole my whole group of friends was telling me how great it was going to be and what to expect. And even what they had thought to expect was just not even comparison. We got down there and there were 45,000 people. And that's insane. They had streets closed down, and you want to know how we got around? They herded us like cattle. You just People were just going this way, this way, and we were just like, okay. <laughs> and it was just, it was insane, and we get down there, and Louie's message was powerful, and the next morning, Beth Moore's message was just nailing us. We were like, oh my gosh, like, oh, this is so intense. And we had a moment in worship, and Chris Tomlin was leading, and all of a sudden, he just stepped back from the microphone. And we kept singing, and we redefined the roar of the crowd in the Falcon Stadium, and it was amazing. You could just hear all these voices, and I just looked around, and I thought, wow, 45,000 people, and we're all lifting up the name of Jesus in the Falcon Stadium, and it was amazing. And Pastor Matt always tells us, you know, that our age group is one of the lowest participating statistics in Christianity, and I looked around, and I thought, okay, this is the lowest. <laughs> Christianity is not going to be defeated. We are so strong. And I was so excited to just see the power of what we could do. And on the last day when all the numbers came in and all the numbers of towels we donated for the homeless and the socks we donated for the homeless and then 
the first day Louis had told us that the goal to, to end human trafficking, we were going to raise a million dollars. That was our goal. And he was like, you know, we're going we're gonna to go for it. And if you, he goes, you, you know, you're, you're college students, you're, you're young 20-year-olds, we, we know you don't have money, so that's our goal. We, we believe you can do it. And he gets up there and he says, you know, the last day, he's like, okay, we didn't, we didn't raise a million. We raised three million. And it was like so powerful because that's such a strong cause. We've all come behind it and we're so excited to see it end and we were so excited to be part of it and just to see what we are capable of. As Christians, as people in our 20s, we're capable of seeing Christ do something. We're capable of being part of that movement. And to me, that was just the most empowering moment was like we can do anything. We can come back to our church and do anything that God asks us. And it was just so encouraging and, you know, so powerful. And thank you guys for being in our corner and praying for us because God changed us and God did something in us and we're coming back to do it here. So. Um, For me, this is my second time attending uh, Passion. And, um, uh, much like uh, what Tim was just talking about um, with um, that passage that he was talking about in uh, Luke chapter 7 and talking about how um, this funeral procession was coming out of the city, of, out of this town called Nain. Um, it's kind of weird. Just right from the get-go, right from the very first message, I knew that God had placed... Um, a new, like, just refreshing thing in my life. And because just for this past month, I've been pretty emotionally heavy, uh, heavy-hearted. And um, um, what I thought was just so striking about that passage was the, the town name, like the actual name of the city, it actually means, like, beauty, beautiful. Um, and... I've thought for for a while, you know, at least for this like latter the latter half of 2011, that I was in a good place, that I was in a beautiful place, and that you know I had just gotten back from an awesome job over the summer, and I was looking for another job, and and that kind of thing, and I thought I was in a good place, but I felt like for a little while with with all this emotional heaviness that I've been feeling, that I was the person in that coffin getting carried out of the city. And I was I was just moving forward um, without really any kind of knowledge that I was going that way. Um, sometimes, sometimes the evil one looks to do that. You know, sometimes he will just be so sly and so fiendish that he can, he can make us go that way, go towards, you know, sin and towards a place of death without us even realizing it. And, um, but that's when Jesus stepped in and said, rise up, get out of that coffin. And, and I know that that has started to happen in me. And I feel that I can move forward now with a strong conviction. And, um, and it was even more so put on me by words that we were talking about in our community groups, um, which, like, well, when you have, like, 45,000 people gathering together, 
You know, you have to have some way for people to um, just kind of process what you're, what you're learning, what you're putting together. And that's why out of like 45,000 people, they just so, you know, organize it so that you can meet with a group of like seven or eight people that you don't know. And you can just process all the things that you're working on. And so, like, I had, you know, people in my group from, like, Missouri and, and, and Georgia and Texas. A lot of people are typically from the south because it was a little bit closer to Georgia. But, but um, we, we talked a lot about in Ephesians. And the one verse that kept coming up in all of our conversations was uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay? And God, I, I just have kind of realized that, um, you know, God has a lot of things planned for me. You know, I don't know what they are yet. And it's okay to not know right now, but but that's why we pray. And that's why we we, we move forward, and that is why I know that God has a purpose and a plan, and he has created me to, to work and just to, um, you know, and especially when we left the conference, you know, we were just all reassured that, you know, us college students, us, our age group, we're going back to a lot of darkness in a lot of places. And but we can be light. And 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 that's what we're going to be doing. And so that's what that's what Jesus has has just put on my life right now and and I don't want it to go away. So so I would I would just ask that, you know, yes, we, we yes, we just went to passion. Yes, you have been praying for us, but please continue to pray for us. And um, thank you very much for praying for us. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Peter. All right. For 16 minutes, I'm going to talk to you from the book of Acts. Chapter 9. Yes, Dale, absolutely. Maybe I, it'll be less than 16 minutes. You know, um, I sat back there trying to uh, bargain with the Lord, and I thought if Pastor Cindy wants me to say this, She'll call my name. And I listened, and I listened to the testimonies here about God's hand in, in your lives. And God said, I'm calling you. And so I just want to share um, this past week, um, I had um, two different men speak into my life. One told me that he saw weariness in me. And I couldn't deny it. 
and I thanked him for his honesty and um, after seeing the, the prayer time this morning and understanding the kind of weariness that we all face from time to time I want to share what the second man shared with me he started out by saying that we have an accountability and not just the youth but all of us have an accountability we sit in luxury we sit in abundance of the spirit in this body and yet we only scratch the surface we get very comfortable in putting God into the little box where we're comfortable God wants more this man shared with me that he has an associate who lives in a Muslim country sharing the gospel which is a dangerous thing and he spent his whole life in this community sharing the gospel and he could really only number about 12 converts to Christianity and yet because some others listened to the call of God and responded there are now satellites broadcasting the gospel message into Muslim com uh, countries and there are about 8 million converts to Christianity as a result of that Muslims converting to Christianity that's a dangerous place to live in those countries and yet they are not ashamed of the gospel and I think the call is God wants to interrupt us and say it's time to get serious it really is time and this man began to weep and he said there are people dying and going to hell because we're comfortable and we're not brave enough to share Christ in the highways and byways that we travel and frequently the doors are wide open for that and we say I'm not comfortable with that God calls us to a higher level of stewardship and discipleship and that's what I hear coming out of the exposure that our young people had. And I pray for that passion in my life and in the lives that are seated here that we might pray and love one another like I saw here this morning. And we will see the hand of God provide abundantly. And I don't mean material things. I mean an abundance in the spirit an abundance of healing, an abundance of awe to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's it.
Brief. She always worries when I come up here. But you know, people are wondering how. I'm not a preacher. I try to go to church. I serve there, but I'm really not sharing the gospel. And God said to take the good news to everybody. And as all these words come, felt like the Lord was showing me, if we will look with our eyes, his word says, look to the fields. But our ears aren't going to work until we see. And what you see is right in front of you, where you work, your neighbors, where you live. And then our brother, Ephesians chapter 6, we're created for what? Good works. So you say, Lord, how can I help them? I'm shy. I, I, I don't, I'm not an outward person. So you see with your eyes, you meet the need, and then here's the hard part. Usually we walk away, and we hope they know we're a Christian. You tell them, I'm a Christian, however you say it, and I do this in Jesus' name, and that will glorify him. And the Bible said God is not in the thoughts of the wicked. And when you do something like that, we're all wicked, so I'm not judging wicked, but God's not in the thoughts of the wicked. And when you do that and you bring Jesus into their mind, they begin to think about the things of the Lord. So that's how we're a witness. It's not hard. It's real simple. <laughs> Talked to Pastor Matt this week. We were going to begin a series on faith. We still are. It's not going to be today. <laughs> but I think apropos, because if God is interrupting us, he wants our faith to step up. He wants us to take some faith steps. We're going to learn about faith for several weeks. I'm not talking about presumption. I'm not talking about naming and claiming. I'm talking about a life of faith. For the Apostle Paul says, as he quotes the Old Testament prophet, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We'll talk to you about that next Sunday. (laughs) To be a person of faith in these days means just stepping out leaving behind, pressing forward. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to see some great examples of faith. Hebrews 11, you might want to take that and read it this week. And uh, we're going to expound on some of that as we move along. Acts 9, have you got it? I'm going to do something for you in seven minutes. Because I feel that this brings it all together. Have you heard the Lord speaking this morning? Through many voices, many songs, he's trying to get a message to us today. He's working really hard to do it. He wants it to be clear and he wants it to be confirmed. It's clear and it's been confirmed. Now, when you look at Acts chapter 9, and I'm only going to look there for a couple minutes, you're familiar with this story. It was the life-changing story of Saul to Paul. 
Remember Saul. Zealous, passionate, giving it all, giving his life over to the cause, the cause that he felt God had for him. He was being a good Jew. He was being one of the best Jews. He was educated, he was prepared, and he was zealous. The cause? Persecute and to kill and eradicate these Jesus followers. They're in the way. They're messing up Judaism. They're messing up the established religion. They're, they're messing up the control of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're, they're creating a problem. So in my zealousness for God, I'm going to dedicate my life to removing the Christians. So on this particular day, he was headed to do some of the same work that he had been doing for quite some time. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, interruption. Thank you, Dale. A holy, divine, light from God, supernatural, God moment, interruption. He had a plan. He was zealous about it. He was on his road. And God said, just a minute. Got a message to get to you. Got a change of course for you. Got to turn your life around. Suddenly, I'm appearing. Interruption. He didn't expect it. It wasn't at an expected time. The circumstances weren't ripe for it necessarily. He wasn't even looking for this encounter. It was not even on his radar. But God decides today is interruption day. I've come to interrupt you, Saul. So it was sudden. Let's read on, verse 4. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He took the right posture and he asked the right questions at the interruption. The best posture for a moment of interruption is not your feet, not with your fists up, but with your knees bent, your head bowed, and your ears open. When God comes into your world to interrupt you, take the Saul position, get down. Get on your knees. Get your ears open. Get to prayer. Get to prayer. That's the place that you need to go when interruption comes. Verse 5. Here's the right question. Who are you, Lord? Didn't he know who the Lord was? Didn't he know who God was? Didn't he have that all clear in his mind? He had it clear in his mind. He didn't have it clear in his soul. He thought he knew God. He thought he knew what God wanted. He had missed Christ entirely. And he asks in the moment of interruption, Who are you, Lord? 
And notice Jesus reveals himself. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The important thing to do in the interruption, find the right posture and ask the right question. Third, notice the personal application here. God singles out Saul for a personalized message to him. God has a personalized message for you in a moment of interruption. I'm just going to say to the adults here that are over the age of 30, and as you grow on that scale higher and higher, interruptions are annoyances. Interruptions mess up the plan. That is not the plan I had for my X, Y, and Z. Let me just tell you, adults, of which I am in that category, you know, you've planned your retirement, and you've planned for all kinds of things, and you know what? The economy is just going to kick it right out from underneath us. (laughs) And we can go, oh, no, or we can go, all right. Are you nuts, Cindy? Maybe. I don't see retirement from God's work in the Bible. I don't see that in Scripture. I don't see the sandy beach. I don't see the pina colada. I don't see the little umbrella. I don't see all of that. We are not to retire from the work of the Lord, my friends. And so the personalized interruption to all of us, regardless of our age, is come and follow me. Come close to me, listen to me, and walk with me. He makes it personal to Saul. He identifies himself, and then he tells him in verse 6, implied here, now you get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. What God speaks to you, he's not speaking to me. Quit comparing. Well, the other people in my age bracket, what are they doing right now? Who cares? What are the other people in my profession doing right now? It doesn't matter. What is God calling you to do? And what God calls you to do, Saul's an example. Do it. Do it. We finish with verse 11 and 12. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. What happens there? Saul says, I'm going to do what God told me to do. And that becomes, my friend, the doorway through which the Apostle Paul enters. Brand new person, brand new destiny, brand new vision, brand new zeal, brand new passion. He's a new man. Why? He responded correctly to the interruption. If God is not interrupting your world today, he will. Why? He loves you. He loves you. He's not interested in turning your world upside down just for fun. 
He loves you and has, Ephesians 2.10, work to do through you. And so he might be taking your life and putting an interruption there. Wrong way, wrong path. This isn't what I have for you. I have this over there. Will you respond correctly to the interruption? Or will you just continue on? Same old, same old, same old. Let me just say this as we segue to next next week's message. Faith, walking in faith, is the doorway to an exciting future in your life. It's faith. It's faith. What will we do with the interruptions? You're going to have them. So am I. Maybe you're in one right now. Maybe you've been responding to your interruption like this. Maybe you've been responding to your interruption like this. Maybe you've been responding to your interruption like this. I can't hear you. And if I can't hear you, I'm not responsible for what you're saying to me. La, 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 la. Take your fingers out of your ears. Find a place to kneel down and say, God, you're interrupting. What are you saying? I'm going to listen. And then I'm going to stand with the word you give me and I'm going to move in faith. Let's pray. How blessed we are today that you, Lord, have spoken so clearly in this time. How great you are. You are faithful. We are humbled today. I am humbled today. Lord, by what you have done here, you are trying to communicate to your people and it's very loud and it's very clear. Lord, I pray for your people to respond correctly to the interruption. So, Lord, what is it that you are speaking? And then how will we respond? In this moment, I'm going to ask you, if the Lord is speaking something to you in the midst of an interruption and you want to take the right response, I'm going to ask you to come and join me here at the front and as best as you can to kneel. We'll wait for just a moment. I'm coming, Lord, in the midst of this interruption and I'm going to take the right posture before you. I'm going to kneel. I understand some of you, it's hard physically for you to kneel. I understand that. I don't mean this legalistically. I'm just asking for a response from your heart today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way that you are speaking to each one of these individually. 
they know the word that you are speaking to their spirit. And Lord, I thank you. I pray that not only are their knees bowing before you, but their hearts are bowing before you. And Lord, I pray that you will you will give them an answer, Lord, that you'll give them a direction, that you will, Lord, speak into their life through your word, through the scripture, through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as they rise from prayer this morning, Lord, I pray, Father, that they would move in faith. They'd begin stepping out, stepping into the place that you are speaking to them about, Lord, for it is a walk of faith. Help us to learn what faith is about and not only learn it in our minds, but move in our life in faith. For that, Lord, is where we will see you working through us. Thank you, Lord, for these that have come. Bless the Holy Spirit, speak to them. Word of God, may you be their guide. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're just.